Blog Talk Radio. Sherry's Playhouse presents Mabel of the Anzacs. The land of milk and honey and the lucky country were two names synonymous with Australia after World War II by the masses of refugees that sought shelter from war-torn Europe. Having survived the war and the journey to Australia, Zoe Lambros and her lover Eva Muller had settled in Sydney. Life had been difficult for the new immigrants and fraught with dangers from old foes and the difficulties one encounters in a new country with language and new customs. That did not stop them from trying to make their home in this strange country. April 27, 1948, was a red-letter day for Zoe, and she was determined to celebrate with her friend Elena Mannheim before Eva came home from her new position at the interpreter service. There was so much to do. could down the walkway leading to her apartment block and calling out for Elena, who was in the apartment's garden enclosure. Zoe saw Mr. Ross, their gardener, cross in front of her with his wheelbarrow and frantically waved her arm to warn Mr. Ross of her impending collision. Zoe was about to hit him and fall over in a jumbled heap, but at the last minute she swerved but clipped the edge of the wheelbarrow instead, sending her onto the gravel pathway. Zoe turned the handlebars to the right, hoping the bike would lose momentum, and she wouldn't end up going headfirst into the nearby jacaranda tree. The wheels slid on the gravel, causing Zoe to completely lose control of the bicycle. She crashed, shoulder first, into the jacaranda thick trunk. She collapsed to the ground at the base of the tree, tossing the carpet of lavender blooms up from the jacaranda tree up in the air. Oh, oh, my goodness, Zoe, that was quite a tumble. Are you all right? Zoe shook her head vigorously enough to dislodge the bark that had been scraped off the tree and had fallen on her curly red hair. She rubbed her shoulder and winced. Yes, I think so. Don't worry, I'm all right. Although I think I may have fixed the back wheel spoke that was rattling. (laughs) I guess my bones shook a little as well. At least I didn't hit the tree head first. Why are you speeding down the path as if the devil was after you? I got a letter, Mr. Ross. I see, but there's no need to kill yourself over a piece of paper. Zoe shielded her eyes as she looked up at Mr. Ross. Zoe nodded and gingerly stood up using the tree trunk to brace herself. She righted the bicycle and gave it a cursory look. It appeared that the bike wasn't damaged in the collision, 
although the same couldn't be said for Zoe. Be careful now, Zoe! Zoe waved to the gardener, and instead of getting back on the bike, Zoe walked it down the path. Once she was out of Mr. Ross's sight, Zoe got back on the bike, regained her balance, and proceeded to speed down the outside corridor with the letter in her hand. Zoe rounded a corner a little too fast and lost control of the bicycle when it hit a rock, which sent her and the bike into a nearby flower bed. Zoe lay at an odd angle on top of the crushed purple azalea flowers. Oh, you hate me today, don't you? Stop it! I hate purple. Oh, oh! look at that wheel. Oh, Evie is going to be so upset with me. Oh, what a stupid place to put a garden bed. It's not Eva who you should be worried about. Zoe sighed and looked up to find Miss Lena Stavridis looking down at her. The elderly woman had her arms akimbo and a scowl on her face that would scare the dead. Have you broken any bones? If you haven't, you soon will have a few broken if Mabel Andrews catches you sitting in her now-crushed award-winning azaleas. They won awards. They don't look like they won anything. An exaggerated sigh was the only response Zoe received. She held her arms up to see a scrape that went down from wrist to elbow. She brushed off the soil that had been embedded into her braided skin. A small trickle of blood oozed from the graze, and Zoe dabbed the bottom of her shirt over the injury. Well, I'm all right, other than a few scratches. I can see how concerned you are. Thank you for your concern. Don't get too upset over it. I'm all right. I'm going to leave now and take my bicycle. Zoe picked up the bicycle and limped away from the damaged flower bed and Lena. Her arm and her pride were aching. Zoe limped towards the garden enclosure, but stopped before she entered. She leaned back against the red brick wall which surrounded the garden and groaned. Her whole body ached from the two accidents. Four of the bicycle's front wheel spokes had broken, which only made Zoe more annoyed with herself. Oh, damn, damn, damn! Now I must go and find the letter. Damn! Zoe did an about-face and left the bicycle leaning against the wall and made her way back to find the letter. She peeked around the corner to see if Lena was still in the area. Since the coast was clear, Zoe started to look for the letter near the flower bed. Oh, they get any worse. Come on, Zoe, find that envelope, or else the she-demon will eat you alive. Zoe frantically searched and got angry at herself for having lost it. She had to make a quick decision to stay and look for the envelope and be discovered by Mabel Andrews, or leave before the old woman arrived and forget about the lost letter. Just as Zoe was giving up hope of finding it, she spotted the envelope hiding between the leaves. Found you! Yeah! Zoe stuffed the letter in her pocket and turned around to find herself staring at Mabel Andrews' scowling face. Zoe had survived brutal encounters with Nazis in German-occupied Greece but no one made her feel uneasy as much as this elderly woman. It wasn't her height that intimidated Zoe. Mrs. Andrews was shorter than Zoe's five feet, four inches, and double her girth. It was the woman's undeniable commanding presence that simultaneously stirred fear and trepidation somewhere in the pit of her stomach. Mrs. Andrews' sky-blue eyes radiated anger, and Zoe was certain if X-ray vision existed, she would be a pile of ash. A beret, 
one that looked more like a multicolored tea cozy, sat on snow-white hair that was tightly wound in a bun, giving the woman a severe look. What have you done? Oh, well, there was an accident. Uh... It was no accident, Miss Lombros. Oh, uh, sure it was. I, um, the bicycle and, um, I'm sorry about your flowers. Yes, so am I, because I've spent a great deal of time growing that garden. I cannot repair my garden, at least not in the way it was. There is only one possible solution to this vexing problem, and that is restitution. What does the word vexing mean? It means infuriating, and that's what you are right now. As I was saying before you rudely interrupted me, there is only one possible solution. I'm quite sure Miss Jenkins will agree to increase your rent to cover the damage you've caused. It would not fully recompense me for my prize as alias, but it will teach you a lesson that you cannot destroy someone else's property without there being a penalty. Good. Dang, Miss Mrs. Andrews was about to move away when Zoe quickly got in front of her and blocked her way. Zoe was about to put her hand on Mrs. Andrews' shoulder when the old woman's glare stopped Zoe from touching her. Zoe changed her mind and took hold of Mrs. Andrews' cane instead and took it away from her, almost causing the old woman to fall over. You can't do that! It was an accident! Mrs. Andrews' eyes narrowed as she held on to the building pillar to steady herself and glared at Zoe, who had decided to stand her ground since she had made a hash of things already. Zoe usually could talk herself out of a problem, but she found herself tongue-tied when confronted by Mrs. Andrews' scrutiny. Zoe took a deep breath and decided to face the issue. She didn't have anything to lose, other than her pride, in trying to get Mrs. Andrews to listen to reason. It wasn't the first time Zoe had let her anger and frustration override her common sense. Once provoked, Zoe wasn't one to retreat, and apparently neither was Mabel Andrews. Zoe was determined not to let the woman pass until she could reason with her. Are you always such an impulsive child? Can I just explain to you? No, you cannot. There's nothing to tell. And the longer you let me stand here without my cane, the more expensive it will be for you. Mrs. Andrews, I'm really sorry about the garden. I didn't intend for damage. You are a daft girl. But I don't think you did this intentionally. That is not what I'm referring to. Zoe held the cane against her chest and wondered how she was going to explain her stupidity to Eva when her partner came home from work. Mrs. Andrews was right. Being impulsive was one of her shortcomings. This was one of those times that, had Zoe thought about taking Mrs. Andrews' cane, she wouldn't have done so. What she could have done or didn't do now was a moot point. Zoe sighed and handed the cane back to Mrs. Andrews. I'm sorry. Yes, you've already said that. Mrs. Jenkins and I will come to an agreement about how you will repay me now. Get out of my way before I choose to use my cane accidentally to hit you on that empty head of yours. No, you can't do that. Zoe once again reached out and put her hand on Mrs. Andrews' cane, which stopped Mrs. Andrews from moving forward. Miss Lambros, 
I am an old woman, and I don't have time to waste on a half-witted teenager. Not fun for me either. Do you think I want to argue with you? I have better things to do, and I'm not a half-witted teenager. How can someone be half-witted? They would have to have some wit. Enough! Stop talking! You are unendurable! I'm what? Buy yourself an English dictionary. I don't care. Get out of my way! Mrs. Andrews, you have a problem. I have a problem? Oh, my dear child, I'm not the one with a problem. I'm the one... I'm not the one who likes incessantly talking in my garden and laughing out loud that even old Mr. Coots can hear you and, and he's deaf. Dear God, I don't believe you are upset with me about laughing in the garden. You talk non-stop. And when you're not talking or laughing, you're fawning over some character in a useless novel. You never stop. Your rudeness is beyond the pale. I have sent you a letter asking you to be quiet. I I have to wonder, can you read? Do I look stupid to you? Of course I can read. I know how to speak, write, and read in three languages. Greek, English, and German. I'm not an uneducated peasant. Since you're not an uneducated peasant, you must have ignored my letter. And I suggest once the silly battle of wills is over, you go and find the message and read it. If I read the letter, will you not take this issue to Mrs. Jenkins? The letter does not refer to the damage you have caused to my award-winning garden. It relates to your incessant talking and your inability to respect your neighbors. There are two issues you must deal with. Now get out of my way. Mrs. Andrews, I can't afford to pay you anything. It is not my concern. When you damage property, you must make repentance. Now, please, get out of my way. No, it was an accident. You nearly hit Mr. Ross when you were speeding down the path. I saw you. You're going to hurt someone if not, you're, if you're not careful. That was caused by Mr. Ross putting his wheelbarrow in my path. He caused my accident. The man is just doing his job, and I'm finished with this discussion. They're just flowers. I didn't kill anyone. Thank you for asking if I was injured when I fell into your garden. It shouldn't be there in the first place. I'm all right. I have no doubt you are uninjured because you're speaking to me. You are rational, somewhat, and cognizant, and not in need of medical treatment. There's nothing wrong with you other than being rude and intolerable. God, I wish I wasn't here. I wish you weren't talking to me as well. Without another word, Mrs. Andrews yanked the cane and walked back towards Zoe rather than around her. Zoe took a step back and allowed her to slowly walk away. With a heavy sigh and aching all over from the fall, Zoe made her way back to where she had left the bicycle. If Mrs. Andrews was successful in getting Mrs. Jenkins to raise the rent to pay for the damaged flower bed, it was going to put more pressure on her partner. 
They only had one salary to rely on. Zoe had quit her job as a dishwasher at the local restaurant to prepare for art college. That meant Eva was the only one working, unless Zoe was able to supplement the income from elsewhere. You are such an idiot! 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 Now how are you going to pay for all of that? Zoe berated herself for her inability to keep her temper with Mrs. Andrews as she went into the garden. Elena had been waiting for her in the garden, a small enclave of the apartment building that was only accessible by a narrow entrance. Zoe found the garden to be a great place to draw or read. A waterless fountain sat in the middle, surrounded by native plants, and a jacaranda tree with its purple leaves added to the serene area. Zoe wasn't feeling calm or peaceful. Was that you screaming a while ago? I thought you disappeared down some hole when I didn't see you. What happened to you? Did you fall over? My goodness, Zoe, what have you done to yourself? I should have disappeared, but I got trapped by the old scarecrow. (sighs) I went from having great news to being confronted by the she-demon. Zoe, you can't talk about her like that. You're right. Mabel Andrews would scare the devil himself. I lost control of the bicycle and fell into her prized flower bed. <laughs> it's not funny, Elle. Oh, Zoe, that woman loves those flowers, and I can only imagine how angry she was. Mabel Andrews is possessed by seven demons. <laughs> only seven? Oh, come on, that was funny. I'll tell you what's not funny. Ambrose wants me to pay for the damage to the flowers. They're only flowers. I didn't kill anyone. I'm sure no one has ever been sent to the gallows for destroying a flower bed. I'm going to need to find a way to earn some money. Evie says she doesn't want me working while going to college, but I, I have to do something. I'm going to ask Mrs. Jenkins to post a notice on the bulletin board and see if I can pick up a job or two drawing or painting portraits. How are you managing after you posted your advertisement? Oh, it's been wonderful. We all need some extra money. And from the money I've made so far, it will really help with the wedding. We all need help. We, we need all the help we can get because we're getting married. And getting married is expensive, even without the expense of a new wedding dress. By the way, I'm thrilled that you're sewing the dress for me, Zoe. I'm overjoyed you're allowing me to create the dress for you. And just you wait. It will be the most beautiful dress you've ever seen. I'm sure it will be. I'm also sure that there's enough work for the both of us with the ads. We can go and see Mrs. Jenkins and ask her to copy my advertisement, but just change it to your name. Now, tell me, why were you yelling? I got a letter today. It's why everything turned out like a horror movie. We have to go to the college campus and register to get our book list. Oh, that's no reason to be nearly killing yourself, Zoe. I know you're excited to be going to art college, just as I am. But you've got to slow down. No, 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 that's not what I was excited about. I was excited because I just found out we're getting two extraordinary guests for our next book club meeting. Annabelle Stevens wrote to say she spoke to her friend Clarice Spencer about coming to talk to us. Two authors, Elle. Not just one, but two. But that's not the most exciting thing. She's going to give us three copies of her Whispers from the Western Front. 
Can you believe that? It's so exciting. Both women screamed in unison and fell about laughing at the news of their favorite romance authors being guests of their romance book club. <laughs> you are a lunatic, but I love you. Let's go and register, and then we can get our textbooks. We can get the boring parts out of the way, and then we can come up with some interesting questions to ask our esteemed authors. That's a great idea. But let's do that after you clean yourself up. A couple flowers in your hair won't make a great impression. You look like you went head first into the flower bed. They were about to move away when Zoe felt bits of soil raining down on her. Elena covered her head with Zoe's letter to try and avoid the potting mix. Zoe was about to move towards the covered walkway to escape when a piece of dirt fell onto her head and down her shirt. Nestled between her skin and her sweater was a stinking ball of manure. Zoe almost gagged at the smell of the lump that was inches from her nose. No sooner had she picked up the slurry to throw it away than she got hit again by more substantial chunks of dirt and manure coming from the first-story balcony. I told you stay out of my garden! Zoe shook herself as the manure had settled onto her hair and face. She looked up to the first floor to find Mrs. Andrews waving the now-empty bag of fertilizer at her. She disappeared for a moment, only to reappear with another bag. Oh, no. Put that down, you crazy woman! You insolent snot! Mrs. Andrews appeared once again and disappeared. Zoe shook her hair to try and get the bits of manure that had entangled in the curls out of her hair. L, this means war. Oh, dear God, she turned the sprinklers on. Zoe stopped talking as a gush of water hit her square in the chest, causing her to lose her balance and fall to the ground. Elena started laughing as they were drenched in water, manure, and dead flowers. They were thoroughly soaked as the automatic sprinkler system was turned on. Oh, I think you've upset her now, Zoe. Zoe was lying in bed with Eva. Her head was propped up on her lover's chest. Eva was lying on her back, Zoe's arm draped over her bare stomach. The sound of thunder boomed in the distance, and the smell of rain came through the open balcony door leading into the bedroom. Soft blue eyes gazed down at Zoe, and they both smiled at each other. Mm, I don't want to get up. Are you still hurting all over? It wasn't so bad last night, but this morning it feels like someone is sitting on me. That demonic old woman. And I know what you're going to say. If you know what I'm going to say, there's no need for me to say it, right? You don't have to say it. And anyway, I can slow down now since the bicycle is damaged. I'm forced to slow down. Thank goodness. Eva smiled and made the sign of the cross before they both laughed. Eva rolled on her side and began to sniff Zoe's hair. Stop sniffing me. (laughs) 
Mm, it smells so nice. I can still smell the pool. You smell of lavender, and I love that smell. Have you ever smelled lavender pool? That's what I think you are smelling. Eva burst out laughing, filling the room with the sound that Zoe loved to hear. When Eva laughed, her whole body shook and made their bed shake right along with her. Zoe loved making Eva laugh every chance she got. <laughs> Zoe, my love, never change, my love, never change. The only thing I ask is that you need to slow down. Eva hitched herself up on her elbow and looked down at Zoe. She reached over and brushed Zoe's curls away from her eyes. Eva leaned down and kissed Zoe tenderly. They parted, gazed at each other, and smiled. I'm happy you're all right, and you didn't hurt yourself too much. Why was this woman so nasty to us? It's just a garden. I didn't kill anyone. Her garden, love. She nurtured those azaleas. She doesn't take care of that area. Mr. Ross does. He's the gardener. Actually, he doesn't. Mrs. Andrews does. And that area means something to her. The whole garden does for some reason. She's 80 years old, and she's lived in this building for a long time. How does you know that? Mrs. Jenkins told me. Was that before or after she was asking if you had set the date to marry Earl? Oh, that reminds me. Eva smiled broadly and reached over Zoe's body to her bedside table and fished out a ring from the drawer. See this? That's a friendship ring. A what? When did you get that? Yesterday. Earl gave it to me, and I forgot all about it when I came home to find you had your tangle with Mrs. Andrews. It's pretty. What does it mean? It tells the world, generally interested in all of this, that Earl is serious about our relationship. That's what they do here in Australia, when couples are courting. They friendship rings. You already have a ring. And although it's not silver but bronze, I love it when you put on a ring as soon as you come home. I want to wear it all the time. But... Yes. We can't have them know the truth of our shocking love. It will upset their delicate little heart. Does Earl's ring mean that Mrs. Jenkins can stop asking when you're going to marry Earl? Hmm... It will work for a little while until the appropriate time passes and she doesn't see me in the wedding dress. At least we won't be spending any money on a wedding. That is never going to happen. Just what we need, a wedding. That would have added to our debt. I'm so sorry I got us into more debt. Accidents happen, so. We already discussed this last night. We will get through this. It's not fair that I have to put the burden on you. I went to see Mrs. Jenkins about placing an advertisement on the notice board for work. Zoe, didn't we already discuss this last night? I said no, you're not going to work. That's my responsibility now. I want you to focus on college. 
I don't want you to clean apartments or wash dishes. You didn't let me finish last night. You were in that serious mood and obstinate. <laughs> I'm obstinate. <laughs> You're funny. Yes, you are. People think I'm stubborn, but they don't really see that part of you. I do, and although I find it adorable, it's also quite maddening. Mm, no, wait. Let me get up so I can find you a mirror. Ha! You think I'm going to be working in the kitchen washing dishes again? Mm-mm. It's an advertisement for an artist. Elena told me that another sport is seen by a lot of people, so not just this building. Mrs. Jenkins says that the local community center will also get the notification. How many people want to hire an artist, love? People have more pressing things on their minds, and the luxury of hiring an artist is not high on their list. Are you saying there is no room for artists? <laughs> You're so cute when you get yourself into a jam. I'm not wrong about the luxury of hiring an artist, but I think I got myself into a little jam. Mm. Well, it's a good thing I love you, even if you do smell of poo. Hey, I thought you said I don't smell like poo. Laughter ensued as the two fell into each other's arms and rolled about on the bed, giggling at the playfulness of the morning. (laughs) Is this what you really want to do, in addition to the college work? Yes. I don't feel it's right for you to take on that burden on your own. You know I've said that many times. This way, I can pay off my stupidity and make a little extra money. All right. But first, I want to find out from Mrs. Andrews how much we do owe her and see if we can pay it off without raising the rent. Once the rent is increased, it never goes down. Did you say that Elena is making more some money? From these advertisements? It surprised me how much. Elena has been doing quite well, and she has more jobs than she can handle. Who has some money for an artist, though? People who want to remember their loved ones, Evie. Elena tells me that sometimes she does sketches of whole families that don't exist anymore. Remember how I drew people in Egypt? They don't want to lose their family. Could be drawing dogs and cats. I could. But the difference between what I did in Egypt and what I'm going to be doing now is that I'm going to get paid. How much does it pay? Elena says she gets two pounds for each piece. Too bad I can't draw. If you get enough jobs, that will really be useful. Let's see how much we owe Mrs. Andrews. The extra money will come in handy. Good. Now that I finally got you to see reason, can't you take one of those allergic to work days? (laughs) I think you mean sick days. Yes, one of those. Can't you take one? No. Cuddling with my beautiful girl is not a reason for a sick day. Well, it should be. Wish I could make a suggestion to personnel. 
I put in for Saturday because it pays double time. So you have me all to yourself for another four hours. Oh, a whole four hours? Be forgetting that Henry is coming over to fix the bathroom. <sighs> Do you know the only thing I will miss about you not working at the factory? I'm going to miss not being able to escort you home. If I had a car, I could come and pick you up. And if I had a license to drive this fantastic car, I know we don't have any money for it, but if I learned to drive and if I made some money, we could buy one. I think you would learn to hurt to drive. Uh, we can't get a car now, but um, when we do, I think I'll be able to drive you home. Have you seen that rusty... No. Miss Jenkins did offer you to give your son his bicycle for free. Yes, but have you seen that rusty old thing? If I rode that thing, it would fall apart. I'll just have to walk or fix the mangled mess. A good hammer would come in handy right now. <laughs> I don't think it would hurt to learn to drive. We can't get a car now, but when we do, you will know how to drive. Then I'll be able to drive you home. The extra work you get with the paintings will bring in some money. With my new job at the interpreter division, we should be able to try and not scrounge behind the sofa for pennies. Will you teach me how to drive? We can't afford the lesson. No, I value my life, Zoe. <laughs> we could always get Henry to teach me. Our Henry? Have you forgotten how he drives? He thinks he's a race car driver. I would rather not have him teach you how to drive like a lunatic. We can ask Earl to teach you. He isn't as crazy behind the wheel as Henry. I'll be able to drive when we get a car. Wow. What color would you like? The color of your eyes. Do you think the world is ready for you and the car? The world will never be ready for me. Iboe made her way down the steps to collect the milk and bread that was left for them by the milkman and baker. She found the small wooden box with their apartment number on it and opened the cabinet to retrieve the items. Eva heard the distinctive cane tapping and turned around to see Mrs. Andrews approaching. Good morning, Miss Muller. Good morning, Mrs. Andrews. Can I help you with your groceries? Mrs. Andrews nodded and Eva proceeded to remove the items from the delivery box. You should have the delivery boys deliver these directly to you, Mrs. Andrews. That would have robbed you of the chance to speak to me this morning, Miss Mueller. I was planning on talking to you, but wasn't planning on waiting for you here. I chose to meet you here instead. Does that concern you? 
not in the slightest. The two women walked back together to Mrs. Andrews' apartment. The old woman looked back at Eva for a moment. You have a back problem. You should not be lifting heavy objects in a factory where you work. You should change jobs. Beautiful girl like you should have problems finding work in an office. How did you know I had a back problem? I'm a nurse. It's all right, Mrs. Andrews. I don't work at the cookie factory anymore. It's not a cookie factory. It's a biscuit factory. (sighs) Those silly Americans are changing our vocabulary. We could have a generation of American-speaking young people change our way of life. Eva wasn't sure what to say to Mrs. Andrews' observations about the differences in Australian and American English. They walked in silence until they came to Mrs. Andrews' apartment. Mrs. Andrews opened the door and entered, leaving Eva outside. Eva hesitated for a moment. Are you going to stand out there like a statue, or are you going to come in and bring my groceries? Eva sighed and entered the apartment. She put the groceries on the kitchen bench and was about to leave when Mrs. Andrews Kane stopped her getaway. Sit down and don't sigh as if the world is coming to an end. Eva composed herself before she sat down on the sofa and waited. She folded her hands in her lap and looked over at Mrs. Andrews, who went to her armchair and sat down. Now, what did you want to talk to me about? You are about the dendron gardens. You are a gardener. I am. I have several plants in pots on the balcony and some bonsai. Yes. I have noticed the bonsai on your balcony, which is very pretty. I was confident that little Greek snot wasn't responsible for that. Miss Lambros damaged my prize garden. I know, and she's really sorry she fell into the garden. Mrs. Andrews, Zoe has two speeds. Stop and go. When she gets excited, she tends to go full speed. When she's not excited, she tends to full go speed. That is one excitable young woman. Her exuberance ended up straight into my garden. She'll kill herself one day, and that is not easily as repairable as my flowers. She's a horrible person, just a passionate one. Greeks tend to be excited about everything they do. I've known a few Greeks in my life, and they are exhausting to be around because of that passion they possess. I'm amazed anyone can keep up with that child. You are a good friend, Miss Mueller. You are a very patient young woman. Love suffers long and is kind. Eva smiled and repeated the Bible verse in Greek, catching Mrs. Andrews by surprise. (laughs) I'm surprised by your language skills, and without a trace of a German accent. My mother was Greek. I speak fluent Greek, German, French, and Italian. (laughs) You must be quite an asset to the interpreter department. How did you know where I work? Mrs. Jenkins told me. Mm, and you're also well-versed in the good book. I thought it would be an appropriate scripture to quote since you're Christian and know the scriptures. Our Lord tells us that love is long-suffering. 
You are correct. Love is long-suffering, as the good book says, Miss Mueller. It's not Mueller anymore. It is her lumbus. Hmm. Yes, I know. I was wondering how long it would take for you to correct me. I like that you were respectful and not correcting me as soon as I mentioned your old name. I admire restraint. We have a lot in common, Mrs. Andrews. In the short time we have spent together, I appreciate that you like being direct with people. And while I may be more diplomatic, I find that there are times when being direct is favorable. Mrs. Andrews gazed at Eva with an inscrutable expression that didn't make Eva uncomfortable, just curious. Eva watched the old woman's face crease into a smile. <laughs> it's the only way to be. And I've been on this earth for 80 years, I am entitled. Since we are no longer dancing around each other, making useless small talk, what did you want to say other than telling me about your admiration for your friend and showing off your language skills? Zoe told me what happened yesterday. The accident and the altercation between you and Zoe escalated quickly, and words were said that shouldn't have been said and... Miss Lambros is an impulsive child, and when dealing with children, they cannot do things like this. They just can't. Mrs. Andrews, don't comment. Yes, she is impulsive, but there is more to her. Zoe is direct, just like you, and is not shy about expressing her opinions. She's not a child because she never had a childhood. The war robbed her childhood like it brought many of us of things. She's an extraordinary woman. She's a dear friend. Indeed. I can see you care for Miss Lambert. While I find that admirable, that you would want to defend your friend, I've no desire to get to know Miss Lambros. All I want is for her to get out of my garden and to pay for the damages that were done to my prized azaleas. My garden costs me a lot of money. And I want restitution. Surely you will understand the time and effort it takes, especially at my age. Yes, I do. But I don't understand why Mrs. Jenkins needs to raise our rent and meet the cost when you're not our landlady. Wouldn't it be better to deal with us rather than involve Mrs. Jenkins in a roundabout way of getting paid for the damage? I can guarantee you that we will be paid much we can pay you in installments every month until it is paid off. You give me my word a payment will be made every month. I give you my word that this will happen. In addition to the regular payments, I would also like to work on your garden myself to restore it to how it was. I've wanted to volunteer to help. You were too shy to ask. <sighs> Something like that. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Psalm 119, 103. Oh, my. You do know your good book. Just like the good book says, your words are like honey. <laughs> you just paid Miss Lambros's debt with your words, Mrs. Howler Ambrose. No amount of money will pay recommends for my time and my effort, but as the good book said, pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, 
and health to the bones. Proverbs 16.24. It is one of my favorite passages from the Bible. Indeed. You are a God-fearing woman, and I do admire the way you approach me, Miss Hallelabros. I admire your faith and the love you have shown your friend. It's not often that one sees that kind of friendship. You must be close friends with Miss Lambros. My best friend, and saved my life during the war. Saved your life? <laughs> I can see why you consider her your best friend. If she weren't, you wouldn't be wasting your time in trying to come to an agreement with me. I am impressed with the manner you have approached me. Not one of anger or resentment. No, you approached me with humility and respect. Since I've forgiven Miss Lambros for death, your offer to help me with the garden is the one I would like you, if you're still willing. I would love to work in your garden, Mrs. Andrews. Hmm. I think you should call me Mabel. It would drive me to distraction if you were going to call me Miss Andrews while we're working together on the garden. Can I call you Eva? Of course. Thank you, Miss... Uh, oh, Mabel. Good. Now, go about your business and tell that hellraiser to slow down and give Miss Lambros the excellent news. Zoe! Zoe ran out of the bathroom on hearing her name and collided with the doorknob of the door leading into the living room. What is it, Henry? What is that? That is my easel. Next to them are my brushes. And next... Zoe! Why are you yelling like an old woman? You are drawing me! No, you are wrong. That is not you. I have ice. And that is me. Well, it's terrific that you have eyes, because it would really be terrible if we had a blind janitor. Zoe Lambros, you promised me you would never draw me. You promised. No, it is not you. It's got my head and my chest. Without a shot. No, it is not you. The two friends continued to argue until Eva walked in and closed the front door. Eva slapped her hand on the door to make them stop. They both stuck and looked over at Eva. Now that I have your attention, good with you two. I could hear you all the way down the corridor. Stop yelling at each other. I know the two of you are not fighting, but everyone else thinks you are arguing. We are going to get evicted with all this noise. (laughs) Henry threw the plunger he had held in his hand onto the sofa, where it bounced off the cushion and landed on the flaccati rug. Eva came up to Henry and put her arm around his shoulders. That's how I felt when she first drew me. She's been drawing you since Larissa. Zoe sat on the edge of the sofa and chuckled to herself that her partner and the man that was as close to her as a brother were commiserating about being depicted in her artwork. Zoe's fascination with Eva started in a small town in Greece, in the middle of a war zone. It was a case of hate on 
first sight. Zoe had been curious as to why the daughter of a ruthless SS major traveled with him to Greece, especially since she appeared to be injured and unable to walk correctly. A cripple in the middle of a war zone was Zoe's description of Eva at the time. Curiosity gave way to fury and hatred for the dark-haired woman when Zoe's mother was murdered by Eva's stepfather, SS Major Hans Muller. She was forced to work with Eva and her trusted guard Henry when she discovered they were both working with the resistance and trying to help Jews escape. Zoe took a deep breath and decided to stop the thoughts of Larissa from overwhelming her. Zoe looked up when Eva touched her on the shoulder. Hey, where did you go? Larissa. All right, well, it's time to come back to Sydney. Yep, I'm back. Zoe nodded and pulled Eva towards her. She ignored Henry, who was still muttering about the drawing, and kissed Eva on the lips. She turned her attention to Henry. Henry? That is not you. Zoe. How many times do I have to tell you? It's not you. All right, the two of you, stop. Zoe, I told you he was going to react that way. Ha! See? It's not just my imagination. Envy says it's me. Oh, for goodness sakes, of course it's you. You're her inspiration. I'm what? I'm an inspiration for what? Zoe, still chuckling, got up and padded to the kitchen, where her book lay on the bench. She picked up the book and gave it a quick look before she turned, took it out into the living room. You are the inspiration for Major Holland. Oh, please, nine. Don't worry, Henry, it's just a story. Uh, Major Holland? From that silly book that she's been reading? It appears the story is going to be longer than War and Peace. Why is she drawing me as an Englishman? Do I look English? Major Holland is not English. He's German. I'm going to lose my mind with you and that stupid story. Should I ask what Major Holland is up to? I don't really care. I really don't care, but... Jane, Major Holland's fiancé, has found out that her husband, Derek, is alive. Oh, gosh. What will she do? Abby, tell Zoe to stop drawing me. <laughs> I haven't been able to tell her to stop doing it. But she wants to do something bad. Or hasn't forgotten. What makes you think she's going to listen to me now? You tell her to stop, Henry. As I said, you're her inspiration. Now, that's not true. If you ask me nicely, with a kiss, I usually stop. It's not just that Derek is alive, but the fact that Major Holland is a really a German spy. Oh, it's such nonsense. Not nonsense, young man. Here's the fun part of the story. Apparently, Holland isn't a great spy because he's fallen in love with Jane and her friend Maggie, who is also a nurse. Spies should never get involved because they lose focus. 
you mean in the same way you fell in love with Zoe while she you were supposed to be focused on our mission? Henry, this is about Major Holland, not me. This is torture. Maggie suspects he isn't a real Englishman because she heard him speak flawless German. Don't you want to know if Holland covers blow? None. Please, God, none. All I want to know... Why is she using me as inspiration for Holland? Holland has a square chin, and so do you. That makes you think Holland has a square chin? Author described him as being a tall man, broad-shouldered with wavy blonde hair and a square jaw. Zoe, I'm bald. Yes, I know. But as my mother used to say, if an artist wants to paint our Lord Jesus with pointy red shoes, then the artist will give Jesus pointy red shoes. What does that mean? Don't get into a debate about the artist and the red shoes. I made that mistake the first time she quoted her mama's line about the shoes. It went on far, far too long. And by the end of it, I was ready to believe that Jesus wore pointy red shoes. What in God's name are you talking about? Never mind, my friend. Tell yourself the agony. Now, Henry, let me tell you how much Zoe loves the story. Zoe loves this novel so much. She wrote to the writer and... Oh, the poor writer. I'm going to give Holland a massive scar across his face if you're not careful. Is that in the story? No, but I'm going to ask Annabelle to give him one. Dear God, could you torture the writer like you're torturing me right now? No, of course not. I met the writer when the romantics were... The what? The romantics? The book club I'm belonging to, it's called The Romantics, and we had Annabelle Stevens as a guest to discuss her book with us. She belongs to a book club. Is a library not enough for her? It's a book club where we discuss romance books. After our gathering, I approached Annabelle and invited her for a coffee. Is that normal? It's not a resistance group, Henry. It's inviting someone for coffee. That's that's normal. (laughs) I didn't scare her off, if that's what you're asking. We had a coffee, and I told her how much I'm enjoying the story. Writers like it when you tell them what you think of their work. Oh, God. Then I showed her more of my art from her books. The romantics think it's a great way to bring the characters to life, and I agree. It's been so much fun. Last month, we were reading about Frank Shays, the pirate wench, and I drew Eva as Mary Reed, the pirate in the story. It's based on the real pirate named Mary Reed. She disguised herself as a man and became a pirate. She's not joking. I was the pirate wench for her book club. So even created an outfit for me, which I wore. I didn't have to go out in public like that, so I was okay with it. How did she find the time to draw, read, and work at a restaurant? I love creating art, as you know. 
I always find time to create, and drawing Eva is so much fun. Now I'm creating art for Beloved and Wartorn, and it's so exciting. Beloved and Wartorn? That is a ridiculous name for a book. Watch it, Herr Franz, or else. I'm scared. What did the poor writer have to say? For someone who thinks this is a crazy idea, you now want to know what she said? She was amazed to see the art when we displayed it at the book club. When we had coffee, I told her that I had other drawings of Major Holland that would inspire her. Who am I kissing in these drawings? What makes you think I drew you kissing anyone? You read romance novels. What else would you be discussing? I sketch a lot of things. And if you saw some of them, the hair on your head would grow back. <laughs> Zoe laughed as she left the living room to answer a knock at the door. She opened the door to find Earl Wiggins in full army dress uniform, complete with the slouch hat of the Australian soldier. Zoe glanced up at Earl and smiled. The tall, blonde Australian took off his hat and put it on Zoe's head. Good day, Zozo. Oh, I have something for you. Earl took out a bronze badge from his pocket and gave it to Zoe. It was the Rising Sun badge and the insignia of the Australian Army. Zoe held the pin in the palm of her hand. She had first seen the emblem affixed to the upturned brim of the slouch hat that Australian soldiers wore in 1941, and it became synonymous with honor, bravery, and friendship. It was a sacred symbol as far as Zoe was concerned. Hey, that's a nice badge, Zoe. I finally have an original. It's a real one to put in your collection. <laughs> All right, this is getting a little too emotional for me. Uh, so can we break up the party? Earl put his arm around Zoe and Eva as they all went into the living room. He chuckled on seeing the artworks and pointed <laughs> to Henry. <laughs> Don't tell me she's got you involved in the Holland story. Or I'm the brave Australian soldier and husband, Dak. Why is the German the cat and not the Australian? I didn't write it, Henry. Take it up with the writer. You two can argue about your characters later. Now both of you behave. Oh, uh, hey, Earl. How's your car? <laughs> You'll give me a whiplash one day with the way you change the conversation. Why do you want to know about the beat? She's good, but why? I have some news. I'm going to get a car. You're not getting my car. You're going to learn to drive, not get a car. Right, what Eva just said. <laughs> Is Henry going to teach you how to drive? No, you are. Henry drives like a lunatic. Yeah, and I value my life. You drive like a lunatic, and that's how you get out of it. Yeah, I'm a smart German. Well, this brave Australian soldier will teach you how to drive, but you pro must promise that you won't hit any old ladies or little animals. Promise. Thanks, Earl. All right, time to sit for me. Your uniform looks great. That's my old uniform, but my mother has it stored. On Anzac Day, I take it out and wear it. I don't have to go running around trying to get it clean. 
although it's going to be my spare uniform now. Is the citizen military uniform different? Uh, the uniform isn't that much different. I wear this uniform on Anzac Day. What's Anzac Day? Oh, that's a long story. I'll tell you while you're drawing me. Zoe and Elena were in the apartment complex garden enclosure and looking at Zoe's artwork of Earl and Henry as the fictional World War I characters from the novels. Zoe was apprehensive and kept looking up at Mrs. Andrews' balcony. The last thing she needed was to have another altercation with the old woman. Were you happy with how Ava resolved the matter with Mrs. Andrews? I'm not sure. Evie had an idea that if she offered to create another garden for her, then the old biddy would be more agreeable. Eva is a smart woman, and she was right. I'm not sure if that idea, because Evie is working full-time, and now she's helping her with the garden. I don't want Evie to be wasting her precious time with a garden that isn't her own. Are we talking about the same woman who spent three days traipsing around the Royal Easter Show at the Flower and Garden Pavilion just to see all the latest arrangements? That, Evie? <laughs> I don't think she sees this as being a burden. No, she doesn't. It's all been resolved now, and I'm going to be happy that I don't have to deal with the woman again. Did you speak to Mrs. Jenkins about the advertisement? Yes. Mrs. Jenkins agreed to place the advertisement on the notice board and include it in the newsletter for the community center. Oh, that's great. I spoke to Miss Spiros and Ms. Angelos, and they agreed for me to give you the work they commissioned. You didn't have to do that. <laughs> I know, but I think those two would love to work with a Greek. Mrs. Spiros, you will have to speak louder than usual, though. She's a little deaf, and that's not going to be a problem for you, since you talk loud anyway. <laughs> You're a crazy lady. We both agree on that. Now... What uniform is Henry wearing here? The uniform is of the Greek Liberation Army. They were called Elas. They were the strongest resistance group in Greece. I joined them when I was 13, after the Italians and the Germans arrived, and Papa was killed. How did you manage to become part of the resistance at that age? I forced my way in. It's a long story. I know. Let's not discuss our war experiences because it's going to upset us. Let's get back to Major Holland. I love the art. I drew the scene of Major Holland treating the wounded that had just arrived. Here it is. Oh, that was before Jane found out about Derek. Oh, Zoe. Your attention to detail is fantastic. Is that blood on the bandage? <laughs> I didn't think it should be all right. Zoe didn't get a chance to respond. The sprinkler system activated right in front of them. The sprinklers showered onto the art, 
making Elena lose her grip on it. Zoe looked up through the tree's branches to see a blue sky instead of the dark clouds she was expecting. Oh no, not again! Zoe turned to try and protect her art, but it was too late. She glanced up at the balcony in time to see Mrs. Andrew's beret momentarily appear, then disappear. The water had doused everything in the small enclave, including the art Zoe had left on one of the benches. Turn off the damn water or else I'm going to come up there and God help you when I do! Zoe was trying to get up when she saw flower pots falling off the balcony one at a time. Someone appeared to be pushing them. Incoming pot! Duck! Zoe and ran behind the jacaranda tree. The pots didn't go far. They landed where Zoe had been standing, right on top of her art. What is that crazy woman doing? Trying to kill us with water? Mrs. Andrews has gone crazy. All right, enough. I'm going to stop this craziness. Zoe meant to storm out of the garden and up the stairs, but instead of moving forward, she lost her balance and fell. She stopped her fall by putting her hands out, and she scraped her palms on the concrete. Face down in a puddle of water, she tried to get back up but couldn't move. Elena prevented her from moving by wrapping her arms around Zoe's legs. Let me go! <laughs> no! Elena momentarily released her hold on Zoe's legs, but Zoe didn't have time to move. Elena seemed determined to stop her and had decided to sit on her instead. That only angered Zoe more, but Elena was not going to budge. What are you doing? I'm trying to stop a murder. I'm not going to kill a crazy witch. The water continued to rain down on them, and Zoe shut her eyes for a moment. The pain in her hands was making her even angrier. I don't think she's coming out of her apartment, Zoe. Get off me! No! Shut up and wait for Mrs. Jenkins. I swear someone is going to be hurting soon. I thought you said you weren't going to kill the old woman. It's not her I'm talking about. Oh, yes, yes. You're going to kill your best friend. Because she's trying to stop you from committing murder. She ruined my artwork. I killed a few of her plants. A reasonable person would accept a damn apology. God damn it, this is stupid. Oh, look, Mrs. Jenkins is here. Um, wait. She was here. And now she's going back into her apartment. She doesn't look happy, though. They are in cahoots. Cahoots? What does that mean? Stop making up words, Zoe. Those three old witches are like a cousin. They don't care, else. My yelling should have brought out the other residents, but no one is coming out. Cahoots! <laughs> Most of our neighbors are old. Or deaf, Zoe. Oh, look. Mr. Tiberius will help us. The sheet demon's right hand will not help us. I know you won't believe me, but watch this. 
Mrs. Stavide, she were attacked by flying bots. What about us? We are residents having to escape bombs thrown from the first floor. Goodness, Miss Lambros, will you quiet down? We're disturbing the rest of the residents. They are hardly bombs, Zoe. Just clean these pots up while you're there. And you also need to pick up the paper. It's not fair to expect Mr. Ross to clean up the mess. Uncharacteristically, Zoe bit back the retort she wanted to use and rested her head on her arms. It was all too much, and Zoe wanted to scream at the injustice. Once Mrs. Tabritis left, Elena decided to get off Zoe. Let me see your hand. I'll kiss it and make it better. Zoe sat cross-legged on the ground and didn't bother to joke around with Elena. She didn't care about the pots. It was easy to get out of the way of fallen pots, since they were going straight down. What tore at her heart was her artwork. Without a word, she leaned forward and picked up some of the destroyed art. This took me hours to do. Hours. I wanted it just right. I researched every detail of the uniform from World War One. everything. All that work and that crazy woman ruined it. She didn't destroy paper. She she shredded my heart. I know what your art means to you, Zoe. And I'm so sorry. I don't know who you could complain to since Mrs. Jenkins doesn't care. Hours of work. All because some lunatic lost her mind over some damaged flowers. Everything was wrong. The woman is a tyrant and a witch. She stood up and looked up at Mrs. Andrews' balcony. She balled up her fists and wanted the old woman to hear her. You're an evil monster! Calm down. I know you're angry, but you're going to make yourself sick. She's 80 years old. That garden means a lot to her. So, Yesterday she threw manure and water. And today it's my art. What is she going to do next? Will I find her on the balcony with a gun? No, I don't think she'll go that far. I wouldn't count on that. I don't care that the old bitty turned the water on her. But did she have to destroy my art? Of course not. But you can't escalate this feud. It won't end well for you and Ava. Mrs. Andrews has been here forever, and you haven't. Now, I want you to calm down and remember, you can't afford to make this worse. You have an excellent memory. You can do it again. I'll come up and help. What kind of monster destroys someone's work like that? You monster! Well... No, there is no excuse. I didn't destroy her garden because I was vindictive. It was an accident. She did it on purpose. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm going upstairs. Please, Zoe, don't confront Mrs. Andrews. I'm not going to speak to the she-demon. I just want to go and be alone. I'm going to take my frustrations out on some doll before I really do want to kill the old witch. I will say a prayer. For the dough. That is not funny. <laughs> Do you want me to help you with the artwork? 
know. Zoe picked up what was left of her art, which was waterlogged, and stormed up the stairs to her apartment. She wiped her eyes with the back of her hand as the tears started rolling down her face at the unfairness of it all. Mabel sighed and sat down in her armchair. She was feeling ill and didn't have the energy to move. The effort it took for her to scream and throw things at the teenager had taken its toll. Her anger quickly dissipated, just as quickly as it had arrived. But the damage had been done. Her annoyance with the teenager got the better of her, and now she felt like a fool for having acted in that manner. This has to stop. You are in no condition to wage war with this child. I acted without thinking, Lena. You should have stopped me and not helped me in my stupidity. Mabel, darling, no matter what I say, you cannot be dissuaded from your mission once it gets stuck in that thick head of yours. I helped you because you were going to hurt yourself if you did it on your own. You should have tried hard. Now we have to deal with Miss Lambert screaming outside and disturbing everyone in the building. She's shouting like a lunatic out there. What are you going to do? Let her get it out of her system and then find a way to resolve this. Mabel, this is ridiculous. I'm tired. I really don't want to argue. That child is going to rage all day out there. Go! I'm trying to stop a murder. Stop drowning us with water. Mrs. Jenkins, come out here now. I swear someone is going to be hurting soon. I thought you said you weren't going to kill the old woman. Does that sound like she's calming down to you? She ruined my artwork. I killed a few of her plants. A normal person would accept a damn apology. God damn it, this is stupid. She's spirited. She's a lunatic, Mabel. My yelling is disturbing the other residents. I was attacked by flying pots. What about me? We're your residents having to escape bombs thrown from the first floor. Mabel, this child needs to be arrested for disturbing the peace. No need to call the police, Lena. She's going to calm down at some point. When will that be, dear? When it happens. You evil monster! Zoe's screaming stopped for a few minutes, and the two friends looked at each other. Hmm. Maybe she ran out of gas. Maybe she needs to be locked up. Mabel, you must do something. This cannot continue. What do you want me to do? You have to evict them so you can get them rest or you will have no peace. I can't get them evicted. You can. No one is going to challenge you. They're refugees and they will find other accommodations. Promise to help me in the garden. I need that garden to be perfect, Lena. You don't need that German girl to help you. We can hire someone to do it. It seems they come as a package deal. 
Oh, goodness knows why. But the German girl is the demon child's friend. Zoe Lambros is a nuisance. Oh, Mabel, stop thinking about what is fair. Think about yourself for once. I am thinking of my needs. I want my garden restored. We gave Miss Haralambos and that child a chance when the Nazi stormed through here. Why are we going to offer them another chance? We did the right thing. The girls were not to blame in that fiasco. If anyone is to blame, it's us. I directed Nellie to the Nazis and she let them into the apartment. We must be fair. It was fortunate. No one was killed that night. What are you going to do about Lambros? She has repeatedly ignored your requests. Isn't that a reason to evict? No, Lena, it's not. We will find a way to sort this mess out. Are you aware of how many refugees are looking for accommodation? I am aware. They won't disturb your peace, and I would bet none would be like that devil's spawn. I won't be evicting them, Lena. Lena wasn't impressed by Mabel's obstinance and started to curse in Greek. Have you forgotten? I understand every word you're saying. I haven't forgotten, stubborn old goat. <laughs> Lena, oh, I have an idea. This issue needs to be diffused, or it might spiral out of control. It might spiral out of control. I think we have gone past that. That's why I need to do something before it gets to the point of no return. I am going to write to Miss Lambras a letter inviting her to morning tea on Monday. You really don't know when to quit, do you? Zoe Lambras is not going to back down. We have worked out this child just doesn't quit. I don't admire her stubbornness, but I can defuse the situation. Eva told me there is more to this child than we see. Mueller is German. She can change her name to sound Greek, but it doesn't mean anything. I don't believe anything she says. When I see Lambros, I see a spoiled child who doesn't respect her elders, who needs to be taught a painful lesson. That's how you teach them a lesson they never forget. Lena, you really must stop hating every German you meet. Lambros is Greek, and you know how passionate Greeks are. I'm beginning to think you like this screaming harpy. I don't like her now, although her passion and exuberance do remind me of Anna. Doesn't she remind you of Anna? Anna was a gifted and a beautiful soul. This child is neither of those. She has a temper on her that would scare demons. Mabel, how many times do I have to tell you that this little snot needs to be evicted? Lena, my friend, I've lost count. I'm not going to befriend her if that was even possible. But she is spirited. You are far too forgiving, Mabel. There needs to be a resolution. I'll invite her to resolve the matter, and if we have no resolution, she will be evicted. Will you evict both and that German janitor friend of theirs that Nellie employed? Let's see what happens before we go down that road. There are no good Germans.
Lena huffed and went through to her own apartment via an adjoining door. The sound of her taking dishes and teacups out of the cupboard could be heard, which only made Mabel smile. Are you making tea? I'm making us some tea. Can you add some Mella macaroni you made, please? Of course I can, but only because I love you. <laughs> Thank you. And can you get me a pen? Tea, Mella macaroni, and a pen. By the way, Mabel, I really think you are making the mistake. I've made a few of those in the last 80 years. Eva was on her way home when she found traces of Zoe's destroyed art on the lawn outside. Her fears were confirmed when Elena met Eva in the lobby, having found that no one had died from destroying Zoe's artwork, and it wasn't out of the realm of possibility that this didn't happen. Eva was shocked to find that it was Mrs. Andrews who had destroyed the art. Mrs. Andrews had escalated the feud, and it had now become a matter of getting Zoe's fury under control. Eva thanked Elena, and then made her way up the steps to their apartment. She hesitated for a moment before she entered. Eva was greeted by the smell of baked bread when she opened the door. She passed the living room, where she dropped her handbag on the sofa, and entered the kitchen to see several trays of baked bread on the bench, and two large pans of her favorite Greek dessert. Mmm, it's not my birthday, but thank you. Eva put her arms around Zoe, who fell back against Eva's chest and melted into her embrace. Zoe didn't say a word, but she didn't have to, because Eva could feel the anger course through Zoe's body. I know what happened. I'm sorry, my love. I know you're hurting. It hurt so much, Evie. It's like she took a knife and stuck it in me. I know. It's just not right. And Mrs. Jenkins doesn't care that the Crayfield lady is making so much trouble. I know, love. Why don't you stop with the baking now? Still angry. Let's talk. No. We have enough bread to feed the whole of Sydney. More than that, I want you to snuggle up to me. So I can make you feel better. You always feel better when we snuggle. I like snuggling up to you. I know. That makes me feel good as well. Let's snuggle and talk. All right? If I talk, I'm going to start crying and then yelling. If I start screaming, Mrs. Jenkins is going to come over and give me an earful about that stupid old fart. That was yelling. I can yell louder. I know. Why don't we wipe your hands and sit down? Eva led Zoe to the sofa in the living room. Knowing Zoe would not sit still when she was angry, Eva deliberately held her in her arms and held her as they sat down. I didn't do anything, Evie. I really didn't. I was talking to Ellen in the garden. We weren't speaking loudly. Zoe? She's declared war on me. That's what she's done. And if she wants a fight, I'll give her one. Mrs. Andrews is sensitive to noise. And she did ask you not to go into the garden. She strikes me as a woman who wants everything her way. So, 
she's 80 years old, and old people need quiet. I am sick of people telling me how old she is. I know she's old, but we weren't loud. You two are quite animated when you're talking. I understand that, but... Easy, we live here too. Why can't I talk to my best friend in the garden? The garden is there for the residents to enjoy. That includes us. I know, love. But why? Why is an evil witch on the first floor? Why couldn't she be on the other side of the building? She was here first. Did you know something happened? Did Elena tell you when you came in? She did. She was sitting in the lobby and told me what happened. Did she tell you that the old fart turned on the sprinkler system and doused us with water and then threw flower pots all over the balcony? Zoe, the woman could barely walk without her cane. I don't see her throwing anything off the balcony. Maybe she... Are you saying that the pots threw themselves off the balcony? No, that's not what I'm saying. Someone pushed the pots off the lead. That's not a question. But it is whether someone really pushed or threw is not the point. The pots fell. We're playing with words here. I don't want to believe it's Mrs. Andrews because that would be malicious. And there would be an in that I didn't see when I spoke to her. She is a malicious bitch. Why are you so quick to take her side? Are you taking her side because she was kind to you? I am not taking her side, love. Forget about the pots for a moment. She more than likely turned on the sprinkler system. She may have pushed the pot. I don't know why she did that. She's a mini Hitler. She's this tiny person, and you think she would be a sweet old lady. But as soon as she sees me, she's rude and calls me an ungrateful snot. What is a snot? What does that word even mean? Nasal mucus. What? Am I nasal mucus? So every time she sees me, she calls me mucus? I think she's trying to see how far she can go and how long it would take you to react. She has to be blind not to see me reacting to her taunting. I called her a crazy woman and threatened to kill her. Threatening to kill someone is going to get the police over here. It sounds like you were challenged to Mrs. Andrews. Pardon? What am I challenging? No, not a challenger, but a challenge. I was a little emotional when we were talking about you, and maybe she wants to find out more. Told her about us? Did you forget to tell me about that? No, I didn't tell her we were lovers. I said that you were an extraordinary woman, and that if she got to know you, her opinion would change. Is that her way of trying to get to know me? Maybe she was trying to find out how you would react, or perhaps she didn't think about what she did. As I said, it's perhaps a challenge. Which part? The bitchy part? The lunatic part? The ungrateful smug part? There's something about her, Zoe. She, I just can't put my finger on it, but I really think you would like her. She comes across as tough, no-nonsense woman. 
just the type of person you enjoy being around. I was thinking about this today. I think if you were her age, I could see you being just as feisty as Mrs. Andrews. Are you comparing me to her? Really? Did you miss the part where you said if you were Mrs. Andrews' age? You two have a lot in common in the way you deal with people. Are you telling me you think I'm a bitch to people? No, you're not listening to what I'm saying because you're angry. I admire the woman's forthright nature. There is no deception. She says what she means. You are the same. There is a difference. I don't destroy things that people love. Before you say the garden, it was an accident. Although now that I think about it, I should go over there and stomp on those remaining azaleas. No, you will not want. You're not like that. You're not vindictive. She's vindictive. No, I don't get the since she is. I'm quite sure in her 80 years she's been presented with smuggliness. Maybe she didn't realize that by turning on the water she would ruin your aunt. Perhaps all she wanted to do was to turn on the water on you. Other than getting wet was the only damage. You really like this woman, don't you? I like her, but her destroying your art is terrible. You like her because she's tough. Is that a bad thing? Look at her. Being tough and talking no bluster from anyone else is not something that I would see as wrong. Although she could be politer. When you're old, you don't have to be. You know how I feel about that. I don't understand why she is the way she is. What is wrong with her? You will find out more about her if she wants to tell you. But at the moment, I will keep out of her way. I'm not trying to be in her way. What do you mean I will find out more about her? I don't want to know anything about her other than why she destroyed my art. That's interesting because when I suggested that she should get to know you, she had no interest. Maybe she changed her mind. That is an odd way to find out more about a person, Evie. That's true. But I suspect you will want to know more about her after you find out why she destroyed your art. You won't rest until you discover what makes Mrs. Andrews the woman she is. Who says I want to do that? I'm saying it because I know you. You won't give up on anything. It's not in your nature to leave things alone, including people. I wasn't thinking about finding out about her. I just want her gone. You're not thinking about it now because you're angry. But once you've calmed down, your beautiful mind will start to question. Declaring war is not the answer. That only escalates and the no one wins. Someone always wins a war. We both know that. And Mrs. Andrews is going to find out that she picked on the wrong person. I saw that stupid cozy she had on her head on the balcony. She planned it, Eddie. Or someone helped her. I, I bet it was Mrs. Jenkins. Those two are as thick as thieves. Zoe wiped her eyes with the back of her hand and looked up at Eva, the tears threatening to fall again. Eva brought her hand in and kissed her tenderly. I'm going. It's going to be all right. I know it will. Why does she hate me and my art? I didn't do 
anything to her. I accidentally killed her garden, but that's no reason to turn into a Nazi. I know you're angry, but calling her a Nazi is extreme, even for you. Your art means a lot to you. It means a lot to me. But she's not a Nazi. She was waiting for us. She had to be. We were only there for about ten minutes. What, what kind of evil bitch would destroy someone's passion? She's just a mean old woman. She's not mean, love. I don't get that impression from her. She's old, and maybe she doesn't care how she expresses herself. She's mean. Everyone gives her a pass because she's a cripple. Zoe, did you forget you married a cripple? You're not a cripple. I'll remind you of that the next time my back seizes and you'll have to get me up out of bed using a bedsheet or when I can't get out of the bath on my own. You're not a screaming banshee, even when your back is hurting. Some days, even I want to start screaming at people. I think Mrs. Andrews has been through a lot in her life. When someone lives for that many years, it's natural to assume she has been through a lot. Everyone goes through a lot in life. It's called life. You don't see me yelling at everyone. (laughs) Everyone is terrified of you when you start screaming. You're fierce, strong, and have a very short fuse. Just like Mrs. Andrews. You're not even 19 yet, so I can't imagine what you would be like at 80. I want to love to find out. <laughs> You're not terrified? No, and that's because I find you incredibly sexy when you are yelling. Your eyes are bright green and your hair is so frizzy. My hair is always frizzy. It's especially frizzy when you get angry. And I swear it's even redder. Now you're just silly. I am, because I don't like it when you're hurting. And I want to make you smile. Can I hate the witch and still smile at you? You can smile at me any time, but let's not hate the old woman. Hating should be reserved for those people who are genuinely evil, and even then... We should not waste our time and energy on them. Mrs. Andrews is not evil. She's just old. She is upset that you ruined her flowers, and she's particular about people talking in the garden. We don't know what happened to make her that way or why she doesn't want you in the garden. I have an idea. Zoe got up and kissed Eva on the lips, but Eva wouldn't let go of her hand, much to Zoe's annoyance. Where are you going? To Mrs. Jenkins to complain and ask her to move the old woman to the other side of the building. You can't do that. Why not? She won't see me and her garden will be safe. No, that's not the right thing to do. You're angry and the last thing you need right now is a screaming match on the first floor. I'm not going to start screaming at her. Zoe, you're like a volcano about to erupt. The last thing you need to do is speak to Mrs. Jenkins or anyone else other than me. No one wins when they're angry, and you will only make matters worse. When do I get to the bottom of this grand mystery of the bitch in one bee? 
you need time to calm down because you are only going to make yourself sick. You also need to stop the name calling. She destroyed my art. I will draw another step tonight. Not tonight. You don't do your best work when you're angry. What are we going to do? Well, I was thinking of eating the galactorvergo you made for me and then have some of the bread. Eva dissolved into giggles when <laughs> Zoe proceeded to tickle her until she squealed and fought back against Zoe's hands, trying to tickle Zoe back at the same time. Their playfulness ended with them sprawled on the flaccati rug on the floor. Eva turned her head and smiled at Zoe. I love you. Zoe rolled on top of Eva's long body and stared into her eyes, letting her finger trace Eva's strong profile and settle on her dimpled chin. Zoe's attention had refocused on her, and that was precisely what Eva wanted. Can you please go and turn off the oven and then we can play? Bread. Oven. Go. Eva chuckled as Zoe sprang to her feet to turn off the oven. Eva looked up at the ceiling and smiled. Zoe wasn't angry anymore. She was hurt, but no longer angry. Eva got up off the floor as the noises in the kitchen sounded like Zoe was throwing pans on the table. Eva was about to remove her shirt when Zoe made her way back and took her hand and led her to the bedroom. Sunday was a day for rest, or so everyone kept telling us, but Zoe wasn't feeling restful. She ached all over and wanted to take an hour-long bath in a hot bath. Zoe yawned as she padded out of the bedroom to go to the kitchen. Zoe needed her mountain tea before she could muster up the energy to get anything done. Her body protested every movement, and Zoe would swear she could still smell the manure no matter how many times she bathed. Zoe was about to enter the kitchen when she heard a gentle knock on the door. She turned toward the sound and saw someone slipping a paper under the door. Well, here we go again. I'm going to buy a draft stopper so no one can do that again. You leave a message in the post box like every other sane person. Slipping knots under the door like we're living in Casablanca and it's all mysterious. Zoe approached the door and stopped when she saw the envelope on the floor. Zoe bent at the waist to read who the letter was addressed to, even though she had a good idea it was going to be addressed to her. Her name was written in beautiful calligraphy on a white envelope. Pretty. Zoe looked up when she heard the door open to find Eva had come out of the bedroom and was leaning against the door jamb. Zoe, what are you doing? I am admiring the fancy writing on this envelope. Wouldn't it be easier to pick up the envelope? No, I can read it just fine from here. Other than your perfect vision, why aren't you picking up the letter? It's from the she-demon. Eva pushed off away from the door jam and joined Zoe in staring at the letter. How do you know that? And I thought we agreed you weren't going to call her names. I know the handwriting. That's how Mrs. Andrews wrote my name on the last letter she sent me. 
What letter? The one I threw away. Zoe, you don't throw away letters that you haven't read. I did read it. The letter ordered me not to go into the garden and talk loudly. I ignored it because no one ordered me around like that and because Mrs. Jenkins didn't say anything to me about it. Pick up the letter and read it. Love, please. No, I don't feel like it. Zoe did an about face and walked away towards the kitchen. Zoe knew her stubbornness was going to be short-lived, but she just didn't want to deal with Mrs. Andrews first thing on a Sunday. Eva soon joined her in the kitchen, and the two gazed at each other for a long moment before they smiled at each other. Eva held up the envelope. I picked it up for you. Read the letter, please. Zoe shook her head and reluctantly plucked the envelope from Eva's fingers. She slid open the envelope with a knife and tried not to damage the paper with her name on the front. She really loved the calligraphy and the way the Z was written. Eva's chuckle made her look up, and Zoe smiled. She has beautiful penmanship. Do you want me to read it out loud? I'll make the tea because I don't think you're going to be in the mood to do anything other than being upset after you read that. What if she went to Mrs. Jenkins and asked her to evict us? She can't do that, Zoe. What if she asked Mrs. Jenkins to raise her rent? Mrs. Andrews said that she don't. Oh, we don't owe her anything for the garden, Zoe. Did she tell you that she wasn't going to attack me with manure and destroy my art as well? Yeah, I thought so. Zoe, maybe she wants to apologize. There is more chance of me growing a second head than Mrs. Andrews apologizing. Zoe, can you please read the letter and find out what she wants? Zoe pulled one of the chairs away from the table and sat down. She flattened the letter, knowing Eva was amusing herself by counting how long it would take Zoe to read the message. Dear Miss Lambros, oh, look, Evie, she remembered my name. How nice. Zoe, read the letter. (sighs) Dear Miss Lambros, I hope this letter finds you well and you are well rested. This letter does not find me well or relaxed, crazy old woman. I have had time to ruminate. To think. I have had time to ruminate on the events that have taken place. It is regrettable that our interactions escalated to such a degree. It is not without provocation, but the time has come to settle this matter that has arisen. You are a right. You are invited to my apartment on Monday at nine in the morning. My sincerest wish is for a speedy resolution that would be agreeable to both of us. Please let me know in writing if this is acceptable. She's going to tell us we're going to be evicted. That's not what she said, Zoe. She said you are invited to my apartment and resolve the matter. Yes, that is what she said, but that does not... Right. What is the resolution? She wants us to move out. Zoe, give the woman a chance, all right? If we are forced to move out, then we will deal with it. We will find another apartment. I don't want to move. 
we may not have any choice. But before we started looking for a new place, let's give Mrs. Andrews a chance to resolve the matter. How are we going to cope if we must move, Evie? The way we have coped with everything else. Let's not worry about it now, okay? Are we going to church? Maybe you can pray to your favorite saints so they can help us. I don't think we're going to need the same song here, love. I hope so, Evie. All right. Before we go to church, I want you to write a thank you note to her and tell her that you will meet her at that time. I could just go downstairs and tell her. No, you're polite. She sent you a letter. You must respond by letter. Good grief. Now I must go and write a polite note so Her Majesty craves your lady so she won't be offended. That's my girl. Oh, boy. Preview of Part 2 coming up next season on Sherry's Playhouse. Be respectful. You'll need to stay calm. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not going to set out to upset the witch. Please promise me you won't start World War Three with this woman. She's old and... You worry too much. I can handle one tiny old lady. You can't handle this woman. She's older than you by 61 years, and you haven't handled her well so far. Sit! Are you deaf? Are you always this rude? Only to snots like you. You're a nasty old thing. You're a rude snot of a girl. Now, do you want to trade insults, or do you want to sit down and talk? Sam, shouldn't have promised Evie that I was going to behave. Now, I'll have to behave and keep my word. Oh, boy. To be continued. Mm-hmm.